before we get to our show tonight, I wanted to take a moment to talk about Philando Castile, a beloved member of the Twin Cities community who, as we all know, was gunned down last year while sitting in his car, peacefully complying with a traffic stop. The result or or the verdict of his um, killer's court trial was released on Friday and he was acquitted of all charges. And I have since then had a lot of trouble understanding how that could happen because Philando between when he heard the sirens come on and the last of the seven shots were fired into his car, that was 74 seconds. 74 seconds where he stopped the car, started responding to police questions, and then found himself shot seven times, or at least seven shots were fired into the car. To give you a little bit of context about how long 74 seconds is, I have got about 10 more seconds before we hit the 74 second mark that you've been listening to me speak. To me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to to have someone who's peacefully complying to be shot in that much time. I don't think it is appropriate to have seven shots fired into the car with a four-year-old child with someone peacefully complying. I struggle with, with the reality of how my black male friends can survive um, police stops. The standard seems to always be changing. It's it's sometimes, you know, don't wear thuggish clothes. It's sometimes don't be rude. It's sometimes don't make any sudden movements. It's There just seems to be a new rule added every single time that we have an incident like this, where we, where we keep increasing the, the, the stakes for black men to survive. Um... And I don't think that's appropriate. I don't think I could meet those standards. And I, I, I struggle to see why my friends, who I care about very deeply, should have to meet standards that I can't. Why we can't just have a, a single standard for us all. I encourage you to go and read more about this case. I encourage you to listen to the 74 Seconds podcast by Minneapolis Public Radio. I encourage you to go read about how this incident unfolded I encourage you to read the transcripts because I suspect when you do that you're going to find that this was something that should not have happened the way it did and that you might agree with me that the way that this court case has ended is is a is a real tragedy and that it's not appropriate Um, I'd also encourage you to go listen to some people who are much smarter than me on issues of how we can move forward after this Black Lives Matter a uh, McAllister professor named Marlon James, um, many other people who are African-Americans and have firsthand experience and opinions that come from the heart on this issue. Because I don't think that I'm qualified enough to speak on it beyond laying out the facts. I don't know if I have all the solutions, but I, I su- suggest you go and um, read some people's opinions who do, who've lived this experience and who do have some better ideas than I do. Thanks. Welcome to Week All at Soccer. It's been kind of a really crap week for a variety of reasons, some of which I laid out um, earlier. And it's, it's hard to kind of have a smile on our faces and talk about soccer. I certainly could not even think about soccer or have any opinions about it on Friday. I was continually throughout the day just talking a lot about um, the Castile verdict and how that affected me. But unfortunately, the three of us are tasked with producing a podcast for an hour that talks about soccer, that summarizes the world soccer news. So we got to do that and we're going to do that for the next uh, hour or so. Let's just move on straight into our first segment, which is loon monitoring unfortunately minnesota united had two games this past week that ended in uh not a very happy result there were at all no yeah i mean Uh, it's a good thing that we have beers in front of us to chase our well two of us have beers in front of us i'm I'm drinking aloe juice (laughs) which is delicious but does not contain enough alcohol to cope with how bad the loons played this week 
No, it was it was pretty terrible. It started with the U.S. Open Cup midweek, where we played in Kansas City and put out what is essentially a J squad. I don't think C squad kind of qualifies. Um, it would be every other team's like J squad, but it's our B squad. Right. Um, we, I mean, who who all did we see on the pitch that we never see normally? Um, basically, anyone. Kadri, yeah. Rasmus Schuler, Viva Vanegas, Pat. who later started the next game, but he mm-hmm. was in there. Yeah, Pat McLean was the goalkeeper. Um, Joe Greenspan was in central defense until he got off, sent off, or had Not to be stretchered off. Yeah. off with a concussion. Yeah, uh, scary moment for him. Uh, Incredibly, yeah, just horrifying moment. Um. But yeah, basically anyone not named Vadim Demidov got action in this game. And unfortunately, it fully showed when they lost 4 nothing. Uh, it should be said that Kansas City put out their full-strength lineup. Uh, Dwyer starting up top, Zussi and Felhaber all played. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, this... <laughs> the lineups itself kind of give me some ammunition again about this whole rivalry issue with between Minnesota and Sporting Kansas City. You don't put out a third string lineup against your quote unquote rival, even if it's a US Open Cup game. And I don't care which how unimportant a game is. When you're playing your quote unquote rival, you put out always play to win. Yeah. You are also thinking about that result and that loss, no matter what happens later in the week, which I don't think I don't hear a lot of people talking about Kansas City at the moment on Twitter. They're all talking about the fact uh, that we Lost to RSL, which we'll get to in a minute. I just want to again take the mo- take a moment to illustrate that, yes, I know a lot of you, and I've seen this on Reddit, some of you specifically calling me out about it. I know a lot of you really think of Kansas City as a team you dislike, and I'm really happy for you, but please don't conflate that with a rivalry. This week, India was thrashed by Pakistan in the ICC Champions Trophy cricket tournament, and it's like a couple of days later, and I still can't stop thinking about it. Uh, I am angry even though I haven't watched a match of cricket in my, in the like last three or four years. I haven't watched a complete match of cricket. And I'm still mad. That's a rivalry. <laughs> it, it's, that, it's that moment when you can't stop thinking about the other team, when you can't kind of get it out of your head, when you're just kind of stewing mad about it, no matter whether you watch the game or not. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I'll challenge is that perhaps one of the few true rivalries in the U.S., Seattle and Portland. Look at their Open Cup rosters this week, and I I feel like I watch way too much MLS, a little bit too much USL. I didn't know who any of these players were except for Jeremy Ababasi, and, and that's only because... And former loon Jeff Antonella. Well, yeah. Legendary loon, yeah. some would say. Yeah. I mean, it, I understand where the... We played a whatever terrible letter lineup it is that part of it's not necessarily where i feel like the team isn't looking at it as a rivalry i think just the fact that it's being constructed as one because we're in the conference together and they're our closest team you know that part is certainly frustrating and it's i mean they're not even our closest team when you look at the entire league, though. Well, in, you, the, you've Chicago, got, yeah, yeah. You've got in the conference, they're yeah. the closest. And I, I mean, I see the Texas Derby as something that's a real like rivalry. Dallas yeah. versus Houston. There is there is some genuine kind of uh, jostling between those two cities within Texas. Even um, Red Bull versus New York City FC. I think the New York City FC fans have gotten way into it. But maybe that's because they have, you know, I think that there's reasons think- that both fan bases have chips on their shoulders. Yeah. And I think that's also building up to be a, a true rivalry. And I, I uh, let me also correct myself. I d- don't get me wrong. I, I don't. Um, this is not me saying we'll never have a rivalry. And it's not me saying that there isn't potential for a rivalry between SKC and Minnesota. It exists, but we're not there yet. And I think when we devalue the word rivalry, mm-hmm. when we take it down, when we when we start calling this a rivalry, that kind of diminishes the kind of fun of an actual rivalry and building it. I think we're we're getting one, for example, with Atlanta, like at least in my head. But I'm I'm not going to call that a rivalry because I don't think everyone feels the way I do. Right. I've, it's too early for us to have like a a hated rival uh, that shouldn't build up over time. We can't fabricate it with cheap beer from Germany. 
Huntington? Is that Huntington from Germany? Or is that from... <laughs> uh, it's the Netherlands, actually. Oh, even even worse. And two MLS is credit. <laughs> you know, it's, it's Heineken, Heineken Rivalry Week this week. And they've only had three games that they've defined as rivalry games. It's not like every team has their rival in a rivalry game. And maybe and it's somehow Orlando's playing Vancouver. No. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> that Breck Shade, uh, Giles Barnes Derby. Right. Trade Derby <laughs> thing. Heineken Rivalry Week. <laughs> So it's a credit credit to MLS, and so so all I'm saying is, folks, cool your jets just a little bit. Like let's let's wait it out and see if there emerges a team with that we really over the years can't stop thinking about and hating. And I hope we get there. I hope there is one that develops. I just don't think we're there yet. I think once San Antonio FC joins MLS, then we'll have something. <laughs> but, um, in the meantime, um, another team that Minnesotans at least have history with, uh, particularly going there. Um, Real Salt Lake beat Minnesota United 1-0 at Rio Tinto. Yeah, that was... Yeah, um, that, uh, that was... Bobby Shuttleworth got his entire career highlight reel in 90 minutes. Um, yeah. And there was a quote from him in the Twin Cities Pioneer Press apologizing to his teammates for this loss because, you know, he was somewhat maybe responsible. I'm debating that a little bit in my own head as I say it out loud. Somehow maybe responsible for that goal. But... Honestly, they're the ones who should be apologizing to him for having him leaving him completely open so many times. This was the Bobby Shuttleworth show. Yeah, and the the goal that he let in, um, our defenders stopped playing because they thought there was a handball call. Yeah, they were they didn't play to the whistle. They were already getting fault. ready to protest a penalty for it. Like that's that's why they let it in, <clears throat> and that's just shameful work on the defense's part. Uh, the, the team did play with only a five-man bench after uh, Johan Venegas and Mark Birch came up injured after the arrival in Salt Lake. Uh, Birch is actually going to be out eight to twelve weeks following a hernia surgery he had with the specialist ah, in Philadelphia. Ah, but there's like double sports hernia. Ooh, yeah, ooh. it's. I, I don't know what's what's worse, thinking about the hernia or thinking about the fact that he's out for twelve weeks. Like, the hernia, the hernia, the hernia. Come on, no, the hernia. I mean the hernia. I, it hurts I, enough to like. Think of him outside of our squad, especially having now seen them play without him. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think Justin Davis has been that bad. Yeah, he's just did a run on her den. He wasn't in Salt Lake. He didn't travel with the team, so he didn't have a chance. Did a chance to start? Sure. Yes. He said uh, Viva, like you said earlier, was on the right hand side, and uh, Tsun uh, moved to the left. And I will say, actually, I was not, I was not unimpressed by Viva Vanegas in this game. And there was, in fact, a couple of times when I saw him do something really cool. There were some times, actually, when he was left wide open and nobody was giving him the ball, which I thought was kind of reminded me of Ibarra playing in the U.S. men's national team. We were like, pass it to this guy. He can do something with a damn ball. And they just wouldn't give it to him. Right. Um, I mean, what a sweet mustache from Viva. um, Yeah. What a mustache. Yeah. Johan Vanegas being out kind of um, also hurt us. I mean, we were, we looked like a x squad okay in this game like it, it was hard to there was a graphic tweeted out which showed rsl's shots and minnesota's and essentially we had nothing we did one shot on target yeah five shots total in the game versus 29 for right. rsl yeah i think the good. the big takeaway that i have from this week if you look at the chalkboard maps that opta does in neither game did you have more than one or two instances where something happened in the 18-yard box. Nothing was happening in any sort of place where Minnesota could actually reasonably get a shot in. Like, there's absolutely no excuse for not getting the ball in there when you have a decent amount of possession in the game. This is a team that has, well, the, our opposition is also a team that's been struggling through the year, a team mm-hmm. that we've beat earlier this year. There was no excuse. There was really no excuse for the way that, that we played in this game. And I, I'm extraordinarily disappointed with this with this result. Um, more so in the U.S. Open Cup game. With the U.S. Open Cup game, I was thinking, well, it's 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 kind of a gamble, you know, to put out a, a strong squad in the U.S. Open Cup game mm-hmm. um, and try to do well in that tournament because one loss and you're out. Uh, and all your hard work is gone, it would introduce more stress to a team without depth. So I get why that wasn't a priority. But then to come back and lose this game as well was... And not only that, to also really hype up this game and say, you know, the reason that we're avoiding the U.S. Open Cup 
is because we really want to make a playoff push. Mm-hmm. This is not a playoff team that we saw <laughs> against RSL. No, absolutely not. RSL is not a playoff team, and we played like absolute garbage against them. We also um, haven't won a game on the road this year yet. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We are, fact, uh, Portland uh, last last year's Portland Timbers team did not win a game on the road, and we are looking like we might join them in that feat. And we're currently at lowest points per game of any team in the entire league in both conferences. And we're at the bottom of the Western Conference after 14, with 14 points. Yay. Out of 15 games. Um, and more injuries are popping up. Ish Joam is out with an ankle injury and Johan Venegas is out solving a mystery. Is that what it says? Are, um, he, are he and Kevin, are they doing like the Venegas brothers? <laughs> is that me like a, a book series now? I, I would read that. That'd be awesome. Uh, the Venga Boys, I think. The Venga Boys, yes. So so basically this, this comes from the fact that I think it was Colin who typed up Johan Venegas and in brackets mystery for the injury. Yeah. That's, uh... Like they haven't said what's wrong with him. He's solving a mystery. Yeah, the clearly. case of the missing goals. You know, Jabrowski Private Eye is no longer uh, available. We need the, uh, what was it, the Vega Boys? Yeah. Okay. Venga Boys? Vega. So VGA? No, I don't know what the Vega Boys is. Venga Boys was this well, like awesome group that made songs like the, no, like, the uh, Party Bus song. Of the Hardy yeah, Boys. yeah, yeah. Oh, the Hardy Boys? Instead of the Hardy Boys, it'd be the Vega Boys. And yeah. Or, yeah. Venega Boys? Venega Boys. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Write your fan fiction and send it to me at tailolson716. All right. No fantastic. gross set stuff, please. If you want to write slash, send it to me at the attachment. I'll just DM it to Caleb. Uh, we did have a listener question. The first, actually, the, the funny story wasn't tweeted to us. It was actually given to me in person by Scott DeMoranville. IRL? Yeah, in real life, right outside of where we're recording right now. Who's, and Scott said, would Manny Lagos and company, uh, do they have a plan B? If their choices of trades don't work, because every year we hear like, "Oh, we we're looking at a few people and we're working on a few things, and then nothing happens." Why in the transfer a, windows? Why so. have a plan B when plan A is so foolproof? Notch, nah, come on, come on. Speaking of which, w- what have we heard so far about transfer window rumblings? Uh, Sam Nicholson is looking likely to sign over from Heart of Midlothian. Right, we've talked about Stalin. him before. He was debating some uh, contracts with other Scottish clubs. Um, I think a couple of English championship sides. Um, and Andy Dreader of Pioneer Press said that, a quote from Manny, that they want to get better. Oh, shit. Damn. Like, I'm not a GM or anything, but even I could be like, our goal is to get better. Things are going to get real <laughs> now. We want to have better players on this team. I just picture like a whiteboard that will leak on Twitter from the Minnesota United my front office it says get better and like giant print on it and like I want to get better it's a, get make better a, make a great default but this is vintage Manny Manny never says anything in interviews we had this joke at the 2014 Dark Clouds end of year auction where we played a bunch of Manny quotes and we asked people to guess whether they were from the beginning and or uh, or after like or midweek basically yeah. mm-hmm. of a, of a beginning of the game end of the game or like midweek quote and nobody could tell when things had been said, because he, he never says anything. But at the same time, you know, in, in a season like this, the fans need something to go on. We need something to lift our morale. And I mean, it, the thing that they did say is that they're trying to sign an attacker. They're trying to sign defensive help, midfield help. Trying to and actually getting so things done is a whole different thing. You just named every single place <laughs> on the pitch. Um, well, Except I mean, for goalkeeper. Yeah, we're, which, we're good there. Bobby has cemented his... Uh, sorry, and Al Bouguet sounds like he's going to go back yeah, based sounds on like some he's goals. Head back yeah. to Sweden. Which means that they still, still will, in fact, on, need to Instagram, sign a goalkeeper. Um, I'll say this. When your plan B is John Alboga... When your plan B seems to be guys like Josh Gatt and Bashkim Kadri, do you really want a plan B? Like, in all seriousness, like... Whiteboard, front office, Minnesota United, plan B. What's Freddie Adu up to? 
<laughs> hey, he actually is on trial now in the, I think, Swedish second division. No, <laughs> I thought it was Finnish second division. No, he was there earlier. Mm. Oh, okay. Before he went to Tampa Bay, he was with some Finnish third division. We'll see what happens with Mr. Adu, but I don't think he's going to end up in Minnesota. And um, Let's hope that's not. Okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So to sum it up, what we want from our transfer window is for the team to get better. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving along to a segment that we call the Major Listing Service. In the Major Listing Service, we cover MLS and all the Division One soccer happenings from these United States of America. The first game we got to talk about is New York City FC versus Seattle, which was played at Yankee Stadium. And was it Yankee Stadium? I thought it was like the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, I mean, basically, the the, the crowd should have been singing "Take Me Out to the Rainstorm" uh, during this game. <laughs> I mean, we write down the abbreviations, so I wrote down C for Seattle, and I'm pretty sure that actually meant the field. Completely water dog. Ball isn't moving very much for most of this game. When, pe- when players would slide in, just sprays of water, like waves, almost waves of water would cascade over the pitch. Yep. The the game ended 2-1 to New York, and Davia scoring a penalty and a goal. It's the first time he scored in three weeks. The second one's actually a beautiful volley off a cross. His 51st goal, 50th and 51st goal in MLS. Fastest person in day 50. Ah, wow. Worth every penny. No, he he wasn't the fastest person. He was the fastest. No, no, he was the fifth fastest. I mean, he's oh. quite old, so he's not very fast these days. But Never mind, I apologize for that misleading stat. Sorry, Taylor Twelman. All right, Atlanta three, Columbus one. Uh, yeah, Columbus it. had a lot of good chances in this game. They just stuffed them pretty much. They sent so many shots awkwardly off their own feet and wide. It was. It should have been a much closer game. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Atlanta, but they were very clinical in their finish, finishing. Mirón, I'm hoping won't last a season in MLS because. Someone overseas is not to buy him, right? Come on. We He's hope. really good. Yeah, yeah. He, he quite is. I think that's the best thing you can hope for for Atlanta is that their squad is just ravaged by transfers. Yeah. Um, another excellent goal. Um, Joseph Martinez basically shot it right over the goalkeeper's shoulder. On a pretty difficult angle as well. Yeah. Very close to the goal. So go check that out as much is as pains me to tell you to go watch that or... Atlanta game. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Okay. I believe so. New England won Chicago Fire 2. The Fire continuing their unbelievably awesome season. Totally that was believable, pre- called it. <laughs> yes. Predicted only by one person <laughs> this entire universe. Uh, Cody Cropper make, made a great save from a shot from close range by Nemanja Nikolic. Unfortunately, the ball rebounded straight to Nikolic, who then kind of just slotted it past to where yeah, wide open that. I mean, Cody Cropper should have been given an assist for that. It was an excellent pass. It was Right Set him up perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nicholas was also the one who started the sequence for the second goal. So, the, I mean, God, yeah. that guy is beautiful. Uh, I mean, lofted pass to Delu, who sidefoots it to Solidnak, who just finished it perfectly. I mean, who called. is fantastic. Who called the fact that. Forget the best player in the league. Who called the fact that Nemanja Nicholas was going to be the best player in the Chicago Fire when Bastian Schweinsteiger <laughs> said he was coming in? So, I mean, this is uh, it's just incredible. I'm really happy for my Chicago friends who are uh, still ignoring this team. I got asked actually by someone who I know in Chicago, like, hey, should I go to Chicago Fire games this year? Yes, I'm like, yes, you yes should. go. <laughs> go while you can. Yeah. Orlando three, Montreal three, Barnburner six goals, tie. Crap, what a game. Yeah, <laughs> this was it, amazing. The only thing that was higher than the scoreline was Kyle Lahren's blood alcohol content after the Miami game. MLS players, let me take a moment. Please meet me at camera two. Thank you. MLS players, we live in the most technologically advanced age that humans have ever lived in. Perhaps excluding the days before the dinosaurs died and all of their technology was taken by space aliens. With this technologically advanced world that we live in come mobile apps named Uber, Lyft, and as much as I hate Uber, you know, and if if it's the only one available, you should use it. There are also these things called taxis. They sometimes colored yellow. Confusingly, in America, you've got taxis of other colors as well. Use them when you've been drinking. Don't get behind that goddamn wheel. Um... Because this has happened now how many times this year? Many. Yeah, a lot. What the hell? Is there some sort of like WhatsApp group for MLS players? Where they're like, guys, this weekend, let's get trash and drive. Stop it. 
Not just because we want to see you play soccer, but I don't want you killing somebody. I don't want to die. Like, you know? In, in, in terrible seriousness, Kyle Aaron's car was within five feet, according to the police report, of hitting somebody head-on because he was driving the wrong way down Orange Avenue, which is basically like driving the wrong way down the Las Vegas Strip. It, it, I mean, it's just like, guys, you, you really, these days, you're earning what, like... And Kyle Aaron is earning big wages. He can afford a freaking $50 Uber or Lyft, if that's what it takes. I mean, for crying out loud, we went out after a Minneapolis City game, and... I'm able to pay for the $60 of various transportation-related charges, although that's because I should have gotten to hard times by 7 instead of 9. <laughs> you got those traffic things. I mean, Kyle Lahren could walk up to somebody and be like, yo, I'm Kyle Lahren, can you give me a ride home, please? And the guy would be like, oh my god, thank you, sir, for gracing my car with your presence. And the stupidity involved in getting a DVO. Anyway, I think I've ranted about this enough. Let's go back to camera one and talk about this game. Camera one? All right, camera one. Go. Thank you, Mr. Cat. Uh, Kaká gets an assist on the first pass for Matias Perez Garcia. Good who work. Scores the first goal of this game. Uh, Carlos Rivas scored a goal. Wait, well, what? What? No, it's Carlos Rivas scored a goal. Uh, no, he, that 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 can't be. He, what? I'm pretty sure he was aiming for like the corner flag, and I just went into the corner of the goal. Like It's like how I used to play golf when I was 16 years old. I would, too. I would aim like, aim like 40 degrees there. right. Yeah. Oh, curved right into the fairway like I planned it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, Nacho Piatti gets a ball through Bendix's legs and then <sighs> manages to get... <laughs> and then manages to get the goal off the rebound that results. Um, Jonathan Spector, God damn. Damn, I think I made fun of him when he signed for Orlando, but manages to get the equalizer for them in stoppage time. I mean, to be fair, he's been invisible this entire season until that moment. Spectre. Spectre. Get yeah. it. Get it. Get it. He's, I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's a henchman in the agency that's trying to kill James Bond. That's the joke there. I still haven't seen that one. It's I, okay. okay. I'm surprised that he didn't make more of an impact in the UK because, I mean, he is haunting Europe. Hmm. The specter of communism. Never mind. I think we made three different separate jokes there. That was very <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, very yeah well we did. Done, everybody. And like, got more intellectually. Yeah. I went, he's a ghost. He went, James Bond. He went, communism. So, <laughs> we're doing great, guys. We are. <laughs> Toronto 2, DC United 0. Speaking of things that are doing well and doing, you know, Toronto continues their phenomenal form i mean at this point it's gonna be kind of sad if they don't win the mls cup this year right uh Dolzi always scores scores off Dolzi always scores off of a great ball from Giovinco. one dp to another is what the commentator <laughs> said i did that once very painful i mean i mean it's it's a good thing that it's not a DP to a young DP, because... Oh, God. Like... Stop. Jordan Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> Alexander in uh, quotation yes. marks. Scored a header in, in the far post, uh, nearly parallel to the goal itself. Um, and then he was shot in a duel, so... <laughs> <laughs> Horrible ending to the game, but, you know, Toronto still won 2 nothing. Mm, well, one duel that ended with nobody having any result was San Jose 0, SKC 0. SKC going from beating us to tying San Jose. Against City had pretty much every chance to score in the first half. Um, they had a ball bounce off the crossbear. 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 <laughs> I mean, it is California. Like, it would be awesome if they just had a bear instead of... Or, like, no, like, four bears. How about this? Like... One bear that holds up each of the oh, damn, we far near our post. Goalie again. And Why? Then... He has no arms. He has no arms. <laughs> it's something out again. You know, you know how the Super Bowl has the puppy bowl at the halftime show. We should have the like bear bowl during the MLS Cup <laughs> halftime show. Like a bunch of bears with soccer balls. <laughs> Can we make DP jokes with that one too? Please no. no okay, please let's go. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Colorado. See, I got it right. Colorado two, Portland one. I'm again just going to say COL should not be Colorado. It should be CRL. And COL is all about Columbus. Come on, people. Well, no, because Columbus is CLB. CLB. I know. That's why it's... Anyway. 
call to Portland once. Sebastian Blanco scores a goal in the upper 90 on a wonderful individual effort from him. And Gleason on a Tyler Otaka, Gleason off his line, had a bad angel, and Baji kind of sent a cheaty chip right over him to the open net to equalize. Um, perfectly weighted ball into the into the net. And then who else but Alan Gordon scores the late goal. Often assists from Mo Saeed. Yeah. Uh, and then he proceeds to rip off his shirt and jump to the sporting section. Alan Gordon did. Yes, Alan Gordon. Uh, uh, Mohamed uh, probably didn't do that during the game. After maybe after ce- Celebrating the three points, maybe. We don't know that for sure. Pablo Mastroini, by the way, was wearing a light-colored sweater during this game. And I think he looks like the angel to Mike Petke's devil, you know, the, when there are two, like, on your shoulder. Petke's always wearing the dark-colored sweaters that, and looking sad. Mastroini was looking happy wearing a light-colored sweater. So. He throws mustache back. Yeah. Yeah, they had more, po- they had more uh, power on the field when he had his mustache. It's true. Yeah. true. All right, with that, let's take a quick break, after which we will come back with other news from the rest of, US, the, rest of the U.S. soccer pyramid and much much more. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. We recorded about 13 minutes of the second half of the show already and it got erased because Adobe Edition likes to eat things that we we record. We make such delicious jokes. <laughs> that, nom, uh, nom, 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 nom. Exactly. So, so we lost about 13 minutes of phenomenal jokes that you will... Uh, You'll you probably end up hearing when we. I mean, we were anyways. in tears laughing for right. like the five of those minutes. So you won't you won't do that then, experience. Then, then we had actual tears because there were touching stories that we all shared about mm-hmm. each other's lives. We got really deep there for a second. Exactly, yeah. and then there was an exclusive interview with Lionel Messi that we had on the phone, and now we can't get him back. And so no. you just guys all just missed out on a whole lot of good <laughs> stuff. But with that, let's move on to a segment that we call the pub where we have our coverage of english soccer where are we going to uh, this week uh, this week we're, pub? this week we're just going for uh, just a quick pint in the transfer central aha uh-huh. i see a very uh difficult reference there with the name of that pub for yes. people for our listeners to very understand. very uh, uh very inaccessible yeah very yeah. inside baseball very very yeah. Yeah, intelligent joke anyway uh <laughs> Everton signs Jordan Pickford from Sunderland and Davy Klassen from Ajax. Those are some impressive signings. Uh, Pickford's a good signing. I don't know if Klassen is up for the challenge of the Premier League. I will disagree. I think that Klassen can be a very, very good attacking mid. Mohamed Salah is expected to sign with Liverpool from Roma. Salah on one side, Mane on the other side. There's pace for days and still for days. It's going to be amazing to watch the one of them eventually gets injured. Asmer Begovic has signed with Bournemouth from Chelsea. There was some talk that he wants to bring John Terry with him. I that means that John Terry won't come to MLS. Then good. Uh, yeah, but it's so weird to think about John Terry playing for a different English team. It just I, it doesn't make sense for me. Like we heard uh, earlier this week, there's a report in uh, the Scum that. Uh, Francesco Totti has said no to the Cosmos and is going to be staying ha. with a role in Roma. And that can, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, Terry playing for another team at this point just seems weird. But uh, Southampton has sacked Claude Puel after one season. Uh, they finished in eighth place. I don't know what else they expected. Honestly, weird, weird decision by the board. Maybe maybe Liverpool was just unhappy with their academy team's <laughs> development. <so>. Yeah, <laughs> it, it could be. I mean, honestly, with with those players, they probably should have done better than eighth. Maybe not into competing for the top four, but you know, Europa League was probably the benchmark for them to call it a successful season. They didn't make it. True. True. All right, let's move on to a segment we call They Don't Call It Soccer in brackets. Some do, though, where we talk about the rest of the world's soccer uh, that we haven't got to yet, although we haven't yet got to the uh, stuff from the NASL, USL, and WSL in this particular show because we're going to put that at the end because we already recorded it and just be like going over jokes we made five minutes ago. You know how you go to a party and then when you're leaving a party, you're like, hey, remember that joke you made? And then you talk about it in the car and it's not as funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we decided to make all those jokes again after we finish recording uh, all our rest of the world's soccer uh, news. So so I'm going to say that it's the rest of the world's soccer that we haven't covered yet that this segment's about. But just remember, we also haven't covered U.S. soccer. Uh, Mr. That needed Cat, an explanation. Mr. Cat, um, can, you, uh, can you just uh, trim this up 
turn it up a little bit. Um, yeah, producer Mr. Cat, thank you. Thank yeah, you. I'll I'll fly that tuna for you too. Yeah, thanks, thank, man. Yep. All right, let's talk about 2018 World Cup qualification because we are at the end of a packed qualification window. I just want to check in with what's happening around the world. As we mentioned last week, we only have three teams that have qualified. Uh, that word actually should not be used for Russia because they qualified because they're a host. But Iran and Japan have actually made it through. Uh, at the moment in Asia, what we're looking at is Iran, South Korea, Japan, and Saudi Arabia in the qualification spots at the moment with um, eight games played out of a possible 10. We also, by the way, I should mention looking at finishing World Cup qualifying by 14th November 2017, which is when the Inter-Confederation playoffs occur for folks, uh, for teams who have to uh, go into the playoff to qualify for the tournament. The final uh, qualifying match date for normal games is 14th November 2017. So again, in Asia, we're looking at Iran, South Korea, Uzbekistan, Japan, South Saudi Arabia, and Australia are doing quite well in their groups. I would be surprised to see other teams catching up. Syria only has nine points, for example, in Group A, whereas Uzbekistan has 12. You've got uh, UAE with 10 and Australia with 16. Uh, they're on the cusp of third and fourth place in each of those groups. As far as Africa goes, um, very, very early stages. Um, only two out of six games have taken place in any of the groups so far. Yeah, uh, I, yeah it's probably it's, too it's early, too to, early to say much of anything. Although we can say that Dr. Congo and Tunisia have won both of their games in their group and are tied with six points in Group A. Moving along to Kongokov, we have... The Hex, where Mexico is the number one, Costa Rica number two, and then the United States is in number three with one point above fourth placed. Panama! Honduras and Trinidad and Tobago not doing so well at this point. Not quite eliminated, but functionally speaking, it's hard to see how they make it through. Yeah. Uh, I, do you think the United States makes it to second place, or do you think third is the best we're going to be able to do in the Hex this year? Um... Man, uh, it's going to be a, a little bit easier coming in for the U.S. I still think third is more likely than second, but I think second's a possibility. All right. Well, comb the bowls uh, group. We currently have Brazil, Colombia, Uruguay, and Chile in the qualification spots, and Argentina in the playoff spot at the moment, clinging to that playoff spot. They've only got two points above Ecuador. Uh, with 14 games played so far. I mean, it's it's going to help that they have literally Messi in their lineup. Uh, except he's, remember, he's uh, disqualified for a few games. Uh, no, he actually had that overturned. He did? Yeah, he's oh. back. Oh, man. Yep. That's kind of gross, actually. Yeah, it's it's a bummer. What was Actually, now that, now that you mentioned it, I remember them reducing it from, what, four games to one? The ban or something like that? I can't remember. Anyway. Uh, we, moving on to Oceania, we actually have a final for their for the two top-ranked teams in each of their groups, and it's going to be a barn burner. New Zealand versus the powerhouse, that is the Solomon Islands. Uh, the winner from that will go to the Inter-Confederation playoffs. Can I just say this? The Solomon Islands have a team? Yeah, they're pretty good, apparently. So we'll see if they can uh, beat New Zealand. Just looking at this... They only have two players that play outside of the Solomon Islands League, and both of them are playing for uh, Auckland City and Tasman United. So what you're saying is that they're a unknown quantity, and no nobody can predict how they're going to play. Uh, yeah, they're unpredictable. Yeah, no one knows what's going to happen. Uh, New Zealand, um, before they play that final, are playing the Confederations Cup, which is going on right now in Russia. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Very quickly, I want to go through. Uh, the UEFA qualification, six games played out of a uh, out of the ten that they're gonna all play. We've got some teams that are doing particularly well, like Germany, for example, Poland, um, Switzerland, Belgium, um, Spain, and Italy. So, uh, still a lot of places for up for grabs. I think the the big thing that we need to note is, which is a big surprise for us, is that England is actually in the qualifying spot in their group. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not the hardest group, but... True enough. Uh, at the moment, Netherlands is struggling in the what, what might be the group of death, the group A. We've got Sweden leading that one with France in second place, Netherlands in third, Bulgaria, Belarus, and Luxembourg 
towards the bottom. I think that's the big surprise at the moment uh, that we're looking at. Uh, Netherlands have been kind of on the downslope for a little while. Um, Group D is going to be a bit of a barn burner because you've got the Irish as well as Serbia um, level with 12 points Serbia ahead on goal differential. Uh, for in, in, Of interest to Minnesota United fans that Finland has been eliminated out of Group I, so they will not make it into uh, into any further World Cup qualifying. All right, let's move on to a segment that we call the Pyramid Scheme, where we cover the rest of U.S. soccer that we haven't covered yet. Moving on very quickly, some hashtag Cupset news. FC Cincinnati beat Columbus 1-0 in front of 30,000 people in Cincinnati. Ridiculous, ridiculous atmosphere, apparently. Uh, Jimmy Fell basically brought in to score a ton of goals. He ended up being the winner in the 67th minute. And uh, some kind of rough scenes with a Columbus fan afterwards. Yeah, photographed arguing with the Columbus crew head coach. Also apparently threw a punch at a Columbus crew player. Uh, this fan was obviously upset with the result. I don't care how mad you are about a, a result. You don't swing at a player. I don't think it's good for him even to argue with a coach. I think it's kind of gross for a fan to be, um, when, when the coach comes over to apologize for him to kind of be berating the coach. I think that's poor form regardless of a performance, particularly in, in just a tournament game. You know, like that happens sometimes. And as a capital and as the, you know, base home of Ohio sports, be a little more classic, Columbus. Seriously. Miami FC beat Orlando in Orlando 3-1. Stefano Pino with a hat trick. Former Loon, Stefano Pino with a hat trick. I repeat. Hopefully, he might make the jump to MLS last year with us. What? Okay. <laughs> what we can say about Pino and all of our former NASL players is that they seem to be doing really well. They're one year with Minnesota United for Lang and Pino being the one blip that they didn't do well in. Uh, you also got Jack Blake tearing up the NASL. Even Aaron Pitch-Colin seems to be doing pretty decently. JC Banks scoring. Um, Jack Blake. Yeah. Playing well. Essentially, this is kind of an indictment of our form last year, that all these guys couldn't make something happen for Minnesota, but now seem to be turning it on afterwards. Given the fact that Lance Lang seems to be excelling in his natural position, Stefano Pino is excelling in his natural position, I'm not sure if it was just our form. Yeah, yeah. Sacramento Republic beats Real Salt Lake uh, 4-1, but it maybe it wasn't the Real Salt Lake? Uh, RSL basically brought up... The Real up, Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah, it was not the Real Salt Lake. It was the Real Monarchs yeah, instead. It was, it was a J squad. Yeah, I mean, they literally brought up their USL team and... This is what happened. And never mind the fact that that USL team is ahead of the Western Con- or is at the top of the Western Conference in front of a team that we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. In NASL news, the Fort Lauderdale Strikers were clo- for closed on and all of their assets were auctioned. And at the auction, the price, the, the, the reserve price wasn't even basically met. So eBay had yeah. to send an email to the strikers saying, your reserve price has not been met. Your product has been relisted for free for you automatically. Bill Edwards pretty much just put up 5100 as the winning bid and like now what? Now everything goes in the garbage outside of the crest no, that you're going to put on a bunch of t-shirts. Goes in crappy old lot cart. Also known as the garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's kind of a sad um I don't, I don't know if it's going to be the end, but it's a sad um End of this chapter for the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, who were, I mean, it's it's a kind of a storied franchise uh, in in the NASL. Knowing how vindictive Bill Edwards is, though, I mean, I'm sure if we put together a Kickstarter and got some money, uh, pretty sure he'd probably sell us the brand to use for two, instead of the two United fans crest, I can use the Fort Lauderdale Strikers crest. We could sell some merchandise. Um, let us know, fans, if you would like us to start a Kickstarter to buy the Fort Lauderdale Strikers assets. And when you do let us know about that, I will send you some more GoFundMes and Kickstarters that you should actually donate to. <laughs> because, let's but, be real, this is a terrible, terrible idea. But it could be a great idea. Yeah, I think it would be, be a great idea. idea. I think it's a great idea. All right, moving along. Lucky Kasana has returned triumphant. No, not really triumphantly, but he's returned he's to returned. the New York Cosmos. Yes, he's returned. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
had uh, four goals in 15 games between the uh, Cup and Domestic League in Finland. I guess he... Why, why did he finish his career there? Um, you know, he seemed to be finishing well, but he didn't have enough time on the pitch to really get as lucky as he could. Moving on, uh, after that wonderfulness, uh, <laughs> Miami FC beat Jacksonville 4 nothing. Um, Miami has scored seven goals this week. Looking fantastic in, in NASL and in the US Open Cup. Yeah, yeah. In this game, two goals and an assist for Enzo Ranella. Um, it, maybe it's just me, but I think uh, Miami are basically the Cosmos nowadays. Has anyone noticed, by the way, that the Cosmos have like what look like 100 billion stars on top of their logo and on their jersey in NASL? They're claiming all their old NASL titles as stars. Are they really? Yeah. That's that's sad. It's it like, it is just like a little Christos bit weird. FC having five stars above their logo. Like, why? Come on. <laughs> or Minnesota United having the one star. That's just, hey, guys. That is the... It, the spring 2014 the title. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, let's move on to USL News where San Antonio FC are still undefeated. Uh, they beat the Tulsa Roughnecks 3 1. Uh, I'm amazed that the fighting, not exactly stings, are doing so well. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's it's a good, good bit of news for a storied franchise. Oh, wait, no, never mind. They, yeah. <laughs> um, but. To their credit, you know, they do have some decent stars. Billy Forbes, noted mm-hmm. crush of Notch over here. Um, he's actually been still playing quite well. Maybe they're able to keep it together. We'll see. Yeah. And WSL News Portland Thorns beat Sky Blue FC one goal to three. Oh, sorry. Um, Sky yeah, Blue that, FC that's, beat. That's Portland. not exactly oh. how. It's weird because WSL has uh, golf rules now. So if you <laughs> yeah. score less goals. The Loons, the FC Minnesota United has lobbied MLS to switch to that system. Yeah, MLS is still saying stable for it, unfortunately, for the Loons. Uh, but yeah, Sky Blue FC uh, scored a goal within or in the 25th second. That's Incredible. tied for the fastest Incredible. in the NBSL history, which is insane. Yeah, That's uh, insane. good job by Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, Sam Kerr. Followed up with a brace to lead to Portland's first loss at Providence Park this season. Um, In other news, Marta is uh, pretty good at soccer, you guys. Like, have you ever heard of this Marta person? (laughs) Like, yeah, she's she's really good. (laughs) I mean, we we were talking about when she was acquired, um, brought to America, that that she was going to tear up the league, and she is. Yeah, it's been... As remarkable as we would hope. Um, two goals, two assists in uh, the 4-2 away win for Orlando over uh, the Houston Dash. Uh, Carly Lloyd's return to Houston following her brief time at Manchester City uh, was pretty much absent during the game because Marta was too busy steamrolling everything. Let's move on to a segment now that we call The Sewer, where we talk about the U.S. national teams and any news relating to them. Unfortunately, this week, a sad bit of news. Um, longtime U.S. women's coach uh, Tony DiCicco passed away. DiCicco was pretty much the architect of that first golden generation of U.S. women's soccer. Uh, was the head coach um, after Anson Dorrance. Um, led the uh, 95 team to a third place finish, best they had ever done. Followed that up with a win in the 96 Olympics. Followed that up with probably, I would say, the watershed moment for women's sports, not just women's soccer in the U.S. Um, that 1999 World Cup win um, was also one of the chief architects of the uh, WUSA Uh was a commissioner in the early days mm-hmm. of the league, uh, kept on coaching, uh, coached up a number of the current um, U.S. stars, Sidney LaRue, Alex Morgan, um, Megan Klingberg, in the uh, 2008 U-20 World Cup win. It, just this ridiculously long legacy of bringing the standard of women's soccer into a whole new stratosphere in the U.S. So, you know... 
when you think about the architects of the game in the United States, Dechico's got to be up there with really, you know, every single one that you would ever think of. All right, with that, let's move into a segment we call the Weld Wrap-Up, where Colin takes a conspiracy theory that you've been thinking about and makes sense of it for you. So, we failed to mention all of the craziness that's going on with the FIFA Confederations Cup going on. Uh, One big thing that they are doing, though, is video assistant refereeing. Um, VAR is getting its really big, you know, last beta test before they decide whether or not it's going to uh, go into the World Cup in 2018. The results so far have been a little bit mixed. Um, They've gotten the calls right, which is what they've looked for. The problem is they've also gotten a lot of fan criticism because it's messing with the flow of the game. And it begs the question, why is it going so poorly? Well... Think about it from the refereeing perspective. VAR in and of itself shows that referees are fallible, that they screw things up. So why would they want to bring in something that highlights all of their mistakes? Now think about this. If you're showing that you're doing something incredibly stupid, maybe it's going to damage all of the credibility and as you do it kind of poorly, if you mess up with all of the ways that you're actually showing things, maybe it's going to damage that. Now, also consider the fact that one of the chief teams that's actually doing the video assistant refereeing just happens to come from a, an organization that we know and love very much, um, PRO. Hmm. Why would they put PRO refs in a really important time to test out all of this new technology? I'm fairly certain that they just knew full well that this was going to be a mistake. And they just wanted to show how bad it could possibly be. So let's just say this. If you end up putting, say, a conspiracy theorist on your television program on a Sunday night news show. <laughs> Chances are you're probably going to see yourself completely destroy your own credibility as well as the credibility of your network. Now imagine putting the the level of terrible wrongness that comes from pro in that same sort of vaunted seat. I am fairly certain that the referees are just simply trying to show how bad of an idea VAR could be by how poor the execution is. They're trying to kill VAR by having Pro do it. Okay. Wow. It goes right to the top. Conspiracy theories leading to conspiracy theories tearing down everything. It makes a lot of sense, actually. It it really does. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. All right, before we stop making sense, we should call an end to this episode of our show. You can find this podcast on fine podcast providers everywhere. If you wish to find us on Twitter, I am at TWO United Fans. Where can the good people find you guys? I'm at K Olsen716, also right for 551. And I am at the attachment. If you want more of these hot takes, um, send me a note on Twitter because I have an extra ticket to the Wednesday night Minnesota United game. With that, we call an end to our show and we will come back to you next week. Goodbye.